0: Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Love Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Morning. I'm glad you came to church today. God's glad that you came to church Just before, I've got so much that I actually want to tell you that this whole season we're in is talking about releasing your faith. It's releasing something you already possess. We've been... Throughout the ages, there's been that kind of a, a teaching of we're trying to get something to you. Well, what we learned last week, I, I, I really want to encourage you, if you to listen to last week's message because we've learned that education is to draw something out of you, not put something in you. So what you're finding now is when you're worshipping God, whatever you're doing, God is trying to draw something out of you to change the world around you. If our mentality always is, I haven't got it, then I must possess it so that I can use it. We waste a lot of our time. What we, just to recap something here, faith is not something to be possessed but released. Released. And he says this then in um, uh, Hebrews 10, 38. My righteous ones will live from my faith. I want you to notice something. Write this into your spirit. My righteous. Who is he talking about? He is talking present tense to the church. So the book of Hebrews was written for a church. And he is the Holy Spirit says, my righteous ones will live from my faith. So he's talking about you being righteous. So the position that you are in, you need to be righteous. Now, if you don't understand who you are, you will struggle. Uh, Let me give you this illustration for a moment. God creates the world. Then he starts to create the firmaments. Then he creates the animal, the vegetable world. He creates everything. And then... He does something unusual, something so dramatic, something never, ever seen before. He takes the dust of the earth, and then out of him, he breathes into Adam, and Adam becomes the living being, never Ever seen before, no one knew who he was. All of heaven's, all that is why you had the psalmist says, What is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man? So, what you have is creates Adam never ever seen before. So, God has to give everybody around him that description of this is who he is and this is how he functions. So all of a sudden, if you can imagine angels going, wow, what is this? Who is this? And they're looking at somebody greater than them. So God creates man to such an extent, so superior that everybody is in awe of him. Now just put pause there. So this is the imagination of Adam. But then you have the fall of Adam. Adam goes into what he was never created for. That is why you are not created to have pain. You are not created to have need. You are not created to suffer. You are not created to get just by. Adam starts to live In an atmosphere that he was not designed for. Now just put a stop there because you're intelligent, correct? You're intelligent. Jesus makes this comment. I'm going to the Father and I'm going to prepare a place for you. When I first heard that, I'm thinking, what is he talking about? You know the reason why? It's because there was going to have an experience to men and women that has never ever happened before. So he goes, I have to go to heaven and make something new because this is brand new. We just pause in your thinking and in your theology about this. Is that I have to go prepare a place for you because what is going to happen to mankind is so unique that I have to prepare something new because they are new. Okay? So what he didn't do is this. Now, let me just um, break some stuff up here. You are not converted to God. See, when you look at the word conversion, Jesus never said, go and make converts. Jesus said, go and make Disciples. But then he also said, I have come to show you the Father. So in other words, watch this. You you can be converted to Christianity. People, you hear this. I was converted from being a Catholic to being a Protestant. I was converted from being a coffee drinker to a tea drinker. I was converted from eating steak to eating broccoli. See, conversion... You change your system of belief, you also change your behavior patterns according to the belief, but you're still the same person. Let me show you the difference between conversion and being born again. Watch this. You can have your sins forgiven, but you can still be exactly the same person. See, you do something wrong to someone, and they say, Please forgive me, you forgive them, but your forgiveness doesn't change who they are. So most people go, well, I, I, you know, my sins are just forgiven. Yeah, yeah, okay, there's, there's gotta be a greater than. That. See, if Jesus only forgives your sins, sins, he leaves the sin behind it's sin that produces sins I can get rid of the sins I can be forgiven of sins but I still have the nature of sin in me so the work of salvation is never complete by understanding or thinking well I've just got my sins forgiven See, conversion takes you and it says, I'm going to give you a belief system. I'm going to give you a behavioral system. I'm going to show you how to get this. I'm going to give you all this instruction. See, in John 3, we have an amazing event by a scholar. His name is Nicodemus. Now, to understand Nicodemus, you need to understand this, that from an early age, he went to Back then, we could call it Bible school. He's, went, he's done all the degrees. He's done everything possible. He, he, he is he's upheld in the Jewish community, the Jewish traditional community. He comes up to Jesus, and, and he says, Jesus, and he starts, to, he starts to talk to him, he wants to know. And Jesus says this to me, unless a man is born Again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. John 3.3. So I want you to notice something here. Jesus uses this term, born again, not conversion. He didn't say to Nicodemus, you know what you are? Nicodemus, you're missing some vital instruction. You're missing, you have behavioral problems. You have all of these problems. He says, unless a man is born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And I want you to notice Nicodemus' comment. He says this, how can I re-enter the womb again? It is impossible. What he was saying, he says, my life started in the womb. For me to be born again, I have to re-enter the womb so I can come out again. You good? See, Nicodemus is talking out of his soul, out of normal behavioral experience between a man and a woman. And God says to him, unless you are born again. So in other words, you had a birth. So what we are now talking about, twice born. A believer is twice born. That he was born first and he was born into sin. Now, God says to him, through Jesus, he goes, now, Nicodemus, if you want the kingdom, you need to be born again. Not converted. See, when you are born, you have no history. You don't come out with baggage. If you, if you think you are in a convert, guess what you are looking for? You are looking for ways of more conversion. How can I convert this thought better? How can I do this better? How can I do this better? But the word of God is talking to born again believers, not converted believers. See, a lot of people... I heard this... One of the times I was in India, this made sense to me, is there was a province in India that wanted a hospital... And the government wasn't giving them a hospital. So the the elders of of the village said this. They went to think, unless you give us a hospital, we will convert to Christianity. I thought, wow. They were talking about belief systems. Our thinking has been conversion while God's thinking is being born again. Something that has not happened before. Something brand new. Listen to John six forty seven. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, he who believes in me, adheres to, trusts in, relies on me, and has faith in me, has, now possesses eternal life. I want you to get this. It doesn't say that after instructions you will possess life. He says believing is possessing. If you want to know, Christianity is about possessing, not about building. He says to them, he who believes has so you know what he's talking about and then he says this he who believes in me has eternal life what is this eternal life he's coming to Nicodemus and Nicodemus he goes what you haven't got you have theology you've got thinking but you haven't got eternal life this word eternal life is the life of God the source of God and you know, watch this. He who believes possesses. When you believed in Jesus, you became the possessor of life. You right now possess life. And you will see through the scripture that all of the writers spoke to people that possess life. Now, let me download this to you. Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19. Tells you your capacity. Jesus said this go out into all the world, make disciples, teaching them everything that I have taught you. I want you to notice something here that's really dramatic. Here is because we have um, a class system in Christianity. You know, oh, oh, this guy's so spiritual, I'm not so spiritual. He's got capacity, I haven't got capacity. Watch this. Jesus said, what's a disciple? A disciple is the one that can take the full load of teaching and live it. Do you realize when you received eternal life, you have the capacity to hold within you the wholeness of God? And then if you have the capacity, then you need to release it. You good with me? I want you to notice something again. I'm, going to, I'm using a lot of scripture but, because you're going to dig it up yourself, correct? When the, blood, when the beggar was outside the gate of the temple. So you know what's, what's amazing? So you've got this beggar. Where is he begging? Outside of church. Why is he begging outside of church? Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I give, I do. I want you to notice, we've, we've, we've um, elevated silver and gold, I have none. Now, just this theologically here, right now. For a Jew to come into the temple without giving anything was illegal. They had money on them. But he says this, such as what I have, give I you. Isn't, isn't that kind of... Um, Not right. He doesn't pray. He doesn't go, "Uh, Dad, Father, there's a cripple here. He's begging. He probably needs, he hasn't eaten. Well, what do you want me to do? He didn't have to pray. Why? He says, I'm going to give you something. And he reaches in and he changes the man's life. Such as I have. See, Christianity is not about what you don't have, is what you do have. And if we're always feeling empty, we're always then praying, God, give it to me so I can give. Now possesses eternal life. The word there is Zoe, the God kind of life. What he wasn't just giving him a lifestyle. He wasn't just giving him a religion. See, a religion is about belief systems that you can do. But God says, I didn't come to give you a behavioral adjustment. I came to make you new. Behavior does not change you. It changes the way people look at you. Say amen. You can You can behave well. You can act well, but you can be broken on the inside. And God says this I've come to give you eternal life. Now, I want you, on, you need to. See, right now, I'm speaking to your spirit, I am not talking to your brokenness. Listen to this. Galatians 2.20, this is Paul speaking. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lived. Just stop there. I just want you to see the powerfulness of this. He, He is now telling them not what will happen to them, but what has happened. He goes, my old identity has been What? co-crucified. So where were you during the crucifixion? You were there. See, uh, 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 normally when we see the crucifixion, we see it from a natural viewpoint. And we see it from a natural viewpoint. We see Mary, the mother of Jesus there, and John, some of the disciples, the Roman centurions. But when you see it in the spiritual light, God says this, your nature... Your sin nature and all of your sins were co-crucified with Christ. Now, you put this into your spirit right now. That you were co-crucified. What was co-crucified? What was there? The number one thing was this. We, watch this. When you read the word of God, you have sin, S-I-N, and then you have sins. There's a huge difference. It's the sin nature that produces sins. You can remove the sins, but the nature that produced the sins still active in you. So you can modify the behaviour of sin, S-I-N, but you can never modify sin. So what has been co-crucified with Christ is my sin nature and everything that my sin nature has done to destroy my life. So your nature, the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the reason you sin is because you were a sinner. So he says, my old identity has been co-crucified. So what happens is this. Is that everything that sin produced has been co-crucified. So what happens is this. In reality, the true reality of the gospel My nature was co-crucified. All of my sicknesses were co-crucified. All of my lack was co-crucified. All of my shortcomings were co-crucified. All of the curses that sin produced over my life are co-crucified. Everything past, present, and future about your life were co-crucified. Crucified with Christ. See, that is the reality. That is not theology. This is not just to make you feel better. What Paul is saying is that this is what has happened to you. Your old identity has been co crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of the new life is no longer mine, for the anointed one lives his life through me. Get this. Lives his life. What what is the life of Jesus? When you start to read, especially in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the book of Acts, look at the life of Jesus. Jesus was never conscious of lack Jesus was never conscious that I can't do something. Jesus never, ever had a consciousness that he couldn't do anything that the Father wanted. See, right now I'm talking about you. He goes, for Christ now lives through me. And he's not, he says, his life, the same eternal life that he had, he now lives through you. And he says, my new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. Just, just, just Get out of the religiousness of it all. I, I, I loved it. I was listening to uh, uh, a pastor that's, uh, that I love. His name is uh, Leroy, Dr. Leroy Thompson. And he says, you've got to vomit out all religiousness. Now, can I just say this? If he, God's living out His life in you, and if you failed, does that mean that Jesus failed? Is Jesus living His life out to use to make you fail or make you succeed? Do, do, isn't it amazing when you look at the life of Jesus with His disciples? Can anybody here? Because I know you're really clever. Can you can you find out in the Scripture where Jesus says, "I'm so sorry, I made a mistake, I failed." But that's the life inside of you. I want you to do something. If you go right back to that, that we have been co-crucified. But I want you to know there's something here. We were co-crucified. We were co-resurrected. And we are co-seated. So whatever happened to Christ happened to you. The Bible says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal body. So he's now talking about this. And he says, now you are empowered by the faith of the Son of God. You and I have the same faith that operated in Jesus' life. I'll I'll, I'll go a little bit would you allow me to go a bit deeper? First John verses 5-4 says this: because everybody who has been fathered by God conquers the world. Now, when we're talking about being fathered, there are two types of fathering. One comes after the other. Okay, now watch this. When we start talking about fathering. There's one that how you raise the kids. But the one that God's now talking about, the word they're fathered is that the sperm out of the male went into the female and produced an offspring. So this verse is saying everybody that has come out of the father conquers the world. That means... What's he talking about here? What is, what, is, what is John talking to the church for? He's talking to a church that are conquered by the circumstances. He's talking to a church that are, have struggles, that have needs, that have fears. And here is John reminding them that they came out of the Father. Now watch this. You were born by God. Then you're fathered. If you want to know that fathering, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my father. In other words, you cannot father what you haven't got. I I started fathering after Silvay got pregnant and had a baby. Until the baby came out in Fern Hospital, I wasn't fathering. I was observing. It was observation. She's getting bigger. Whoa, man, she's really big. And then, and then Silva so would get, get her, my hand and put it on the tummy. I could feel it. But I wasn't fathering. It was after the birth that my fathering took over. And you know what God is saying here? He goes, I birth you out of me. And everything that comes out of me Conquers the system that you're in. He's not talking about a set of beliefs here. He's not talking about conversion. He's talking about father. So the question that we have is, have you been fathered by God or have you been fathered by a belief system? Not everybody that calls me father is my son. Why? Why? Because people have adhered to the principles of God, but they haven't come out of God. Have a look at the same verse out of of the J.B. Phillips translation. It says this. For God's hereditary within us will always conquer the world outside of us. In fact, this faith of ours is the only way in which the world has been conquered. Just stop right here. When God is talking about everybody that conquers the world, He says, it has already been conquered because you're fathered by me. He doesn't say you're going to work and then conquer it. He says, because of birthright, you are a conqueror. So that means that sickness that is attacking your body has been conquered your financial lack has been conquered. Next time you go into a shopping center, COVID has been conquered. Next time somebody sneezes, don't plead the blood. It's been conquered. What is... is, For God's hereditary within us, will always conquer the world outside of us. In fact... This faith of ours is the only way in which the world has been conquered. For who could have ever said to a conqueror of the world in the the true sense, except the man who really believes that Jesus is the Son of God. The word hereditary is this, the transmission of genetic characters from parents to offspring. I want you to get this. I look at my kids, Christine, Jesse, and Stephanie. I can see Sylvain, I can see me in there. I remember that one time I had this huge... I had this argument with my daughter, Christine. And in the middle of it, she said, Dad, it's not my fault. I said, why not? He says, you birthed me. This came out of you. So if if you've got a problem, it's yours. I'm, I'm going out of the mouth of babes. But I want you to do this. So what's being imparted to you? You have his life nature. You have his love nature. You have his righteous nature. You have his holiness nature. You have his faith nature. You have his reality nature. Let me read it to you again. You have his life nature. You have his righteous nature. You have his holiness nature. You have his faith nature. See, it's in you. While uh, while we were worshiping, this dropped into my spirit, and I'm just going, wow, this is great. It says every every promise that you read is drawing something out of you. So when you see a promise, it's, it's drawing the faith in you to make it that. See, what happens here, when John was talking about this, he was saying, this is in you. How is it that you are behaving like this? How is it that you think you have been conquered when the genes of the Father, the DNA of the Father, have been transferred from Him to you? Now watch watch this. The Bible never says that you get your own righteousness. The Bible says that you become His righteousness. So Jesus never said this. Let me just take this another. Way. The Bible doesn't say he's going to make the sinner righteous. What he says is, when a sinner repents, he gets his righteousness. He's not made righteous, he's born righteous. Now so let, let's do this. When you're born again, you are born righteous. You are born with a love nature. You are born with a life nature. You are born with a righteous nature. You are born with a holiness nature. You are born with a faith nature. So Jesus is not saying is that you will get these things. But he says because you have these, therefore you have got the victory. You good? See... We've not majored on being born again. If you don't understand the first step, you will struggle. Isn't it amazing? The Bible says that you died in Christ. And when you died in Christ, God no longer remembers any of your sins. In closing, I want to talk to, I've mentioned this before, but it's worthwhile mentioning. There's a theology in Christendom. It's called forensic theology. And you know, know, you've got films like CSI and all of that. It's the forensics. If you can get somebody's DNA and trace it. You with me? You good with that? And this is what this theology says. Is that in heaven, if you forensically look at everybody, you will go right back to the beginning... And you said, oh, they were a sinner, but now they're saved. So, through theology, reminds you that you came from a state of being a sinner. That here's, my pro- here's the problem with this. The Word of God cleanses it up. He goes, you died. Now you're born again. You're brand new. You're not what you died. Haven't had a makeover. The person that said, Father, come into my heart, the moment he said that, they vanished and a new person came through. So, right now, as we're going to come to the Lord's table, who's taking communion? Is the the sinner taking communion so that he can be made well or is a righteous man, a righteous woman taking communion, reminding themselves of who they are? Are we taking communion to remind our body that the sickness in your body doesn't belong there, God dealt with it and you're going to die and you're going to be cast out? Is communion reminding you that you don't have to try to fight this battle, the battle's already won. Yeah. Is communion reminding you that you have been fathered by God, Or is communion reminding you that you're in a process? You, you, OK? Yeah. See, when we, if you haven't got communion, um, put your hand up, and the ushers will, will come. Enjoy the message? Yeah. So if, if you haven't got it, just lift your hand, is going to come. You see, right now, when you understand who you are, communion is powerful. You, can I give you one of the benefits of eternal life? I'll just give you one. Would you, say, would you like one? Okay, if you don't want it, I'll, I'll take it home, give it to somebody else. Do you want one? See, one of the benefits of communion is entering the most holiest, holiest place in the universe where God sits without an invitation. See, one of the benefits of being born again is you don't need permission to see the Father. In the book of Hebrews, chapter four, he says, now we come boldly into the throne room. You know what you know what it is? In that, just just show so you literally. There was a curtain. And the presence of God was behind the curtain. And you could only you, you, you could, you couldn't enter but once a year, but not without blood. And that's where the presence of God sits. So when you read Hebrews 4, it's telling you, once upon a time, there was a barrier that you could never ever have a personal one-on-one with the Father. But then Jesus said this, take it. This is my body broken for you. Do you know what the word broken there means? Is that you and I, stood outside the curtain wow wouldn't it be nice if I could touch dad wouldn't it be great if I could have a one on one with God wouldn't it be great that I can go and get wise counsel directly from God but I can't when he said this is my body broken for you you know what he was doing the barrier is his body and he says, the reason my body is broken I have now created a doorway see the curtain was torn and guess what if you look at it what the word of God says it was torn from top to bottom who tore it the father so when when we take this biscuit you know what we're saying I have direct access to God (laughs) how cool is that How amazing is that? And he says, my body was broken for you. And then he said this. Now, watch this. You need to understand something here amazingly. Then he says, eat all of it. And I used to always wonder why all of it. It's because sometimes we go, isn't it great? My sins are forgiven. But God says, hey, not only are your sins forgiven, but you're brand new. I have all of these other promises for you to eat. I want you to eat the whole lot. People go, "Can you prove that? Of course I can. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 1:22, "All the promises of God are yes and what? All the promises. And he goes, eat you all of it." So, so right now, so right now, we're going to eat. And you know what we're going to do? The Bible says his body was broken. If you need healing in your body right now, whether you're watching us online or you're here right now, understand this. It is the son and daughter taking communion. It's not the sinner taking communion to be righteous, but it is the righteous taking dominion over their bodies. This is not to get you right, Jesus got you right. So what you're doing, last week I could hardly stand on this place. People saying, what was happening to you? In my spirit, my spirit was taking dominion. I had a choice. And you see what happens is this, is the new me taking authority over my body that's being renewed. So right now, whether it's migraines, whether it's a back condition, whether it's an organ issue, whether it's a muscle issue, right now, believe that His body was broken for you. You have been co-crucified. Your pain was Jesus became your pain and was punished so that He can transfer healing. So Father, You birthed us. Father, we are the birthed. We are the twice born. And according to Your Word, do this as often as You meet. Father, right now I believe I draw your faith out right now that when you take this, everything in your body will change. Healing in your back. I don't know what it's called, but there are layers between the discs. I'm not too sure medically, but when they go, the back rubs. I believe that as you take this, God's going to restore your back condition I believe these liver conditions are going to change this morning you know what I'm also going to believe for Silver, Pastor Silva and I were talking about this we've been led to believe as that when you get older you need to become, you become more susceptible to aging and the dying process and it's normal to deteriorate. But I, I have a problem with that. I have Moses as a problem. Mo- Moses is a huge problem. He, he, he just said he, grew, he waxed old but didn't grow weary. I, I have a problem. I've got Joshua on one end that at 80 years old he is fitter than a 20 year old I have a problem let's rise above theory and take reality God said this is my body that's broken for you I have also a problem with the guy that wrote this Paul said this you know, I don't know whether I want to go or I want to stay. I go, Flip, he had a choice. If this is just a theory, I'm, then I'm really wasting your time, but I'm not into wasting time. So right now, I'm drawing your faith. Come on. The Holy Spirit's drawing your faith. Right now, right now, you're, you, the fattiness is dropping out of your liver. Your kidneys are going, your lungs are breathing your discs are growing your muscles are being renewed your your mind is becoming sharper father right now by the faith that you have installed into me i partake of the word that you have given me in jesus name let's take it thank you jesus thank you Jesus and now don't you just love opening these how many of you have opened it and spilt it if if I was religious right now I'd go you spilt the blood of Jesus but you see this is just juice But when he touches my lips it becomes the life force of Jesus when a non-believer takes this when a once born person takes this he goes oh I've got flavoured water but when a twice born man a twice born woman believes this he goes by faith right now I am receiving the full life force of Jesus That means I'm going to think clearer. I'm going to see clearer. You know what it also means? That every spirit that makes me feel depressed has to leave. The Bible says the life is in the blood. So just right now, just take some time. Because you need to leave today whole. Holy Spirit, we come to a sacred time, an ordered time. And as we partake of this, Father, I pray for the full renewing of our hearts and our minds. You bring my soul out of prison so that I can praise you. Father, right now, by faith, I receive the full life source of God. In Jesus' name, let's partake. Amen. Come on. Amen. Let, let, let me encourage you throughout the week. If we got any leftovers, you can take them. Have communion at home. And just remember, you are a twice-born believer. That means that you have been fathered by God and that God is fathering you. God only fathers the ones that He has fathered. The shepherd only looks after his own flock. Right now, that's why, and I believe now I'm talking in the Holy Spirit, that is why you can believe that all your needs are going to be met because the Father fathered you. And whoever fathers you is responsible for you. Hey, God bless you. See you next week.